This is the Frogcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. As always, I am joined by Trey Fallon and Daniel Southern. We are here tonight to talk about the Frogs' 31-9 win over the Longhorns in Austin. It is three in a row against the University of Texas. It ended the reign of Charlie Strong down in Austin, though it was probably over before we stepped on the field. We are going to talk about the ball game in Austin. We're going to talk about coaching changes in the Big 12. We're going to talk about maybe some bowl projections and who we want to play and who we don't and where we want to go to and where we don't. That and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. Well, Trey, there's nothing better than beating the University of Texas. And then when we get to lay the wood to him for the third straight year, 31 to 9, I know the game was a little closer than the final score looked like. But just watching the game and being a fan, what were one or two takeaways you had watching the Frogs with their big victory on Black Friday? Yeah, I, you know, I never want to get to a point where I take beating Texas for granted. Uh, it's three in a row, and I believe Frogs have outscored them 129 to 26 in those three games. So it's been complete ownage. And I tweeted out, I wonder if, you know, when Texas let TCU in the conference, if they ever imagined that they were just going to get curb stop like this <laughs> on a pretty regular basis. And in that if they could have peeked into the future, if they actually would have let us in. But, uh, you know, it was a game that I expected the frogs to win. Um, it was a game they obviously needed to win. Um, some things look better than the other, um, than others. Um, I thought Kenny Hill, uh, running the ball, um, was really great. Um, I liked how kind of the running game and the running backs really kind of took over that second half. Um, and had some really nice runs. Darius Anderson. I mean, he had three carries for 103 yards. That's pretty amazing. Um, 34 not, yard average. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good day at work. Uh, and you know, even though uh, Foreman rushed for 165 yards, um, they still, you know, obviously only held Texas to nine points. And um, yeah, it was good. It was just, it was, you know, it wasn't. There was parts of the game that I was like, I don't know if either team really deserves to win this, but um, Frogs did what they had to do. And, yeah, the second half was good. They controlled it, obviously pulled away. And, um, yeah, like I said, don't want to take it for granted because it's it's always awesome beating them no matter how bad they are. It is a good win. We never want to take that for granted. Daniel, you've uh, you come from a long line of frog fans, so surely you sat named the old Eamon Carter and your parents and grandparents did watching us get just annihilated by University of Texas. How did it feel to watch us get our third straight win against the, the Longhorns? Uh, pretty darn good. I was not sure what to expect going into that game because of um, the whole Charlie Strong getting fired thing, how badly the Frogs got beat the week before. Um, or the time before, and um, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, um, I think um, I'm pretty happy. You know, Hicks went down, and Hicks did a pretty good job, but for some reason, Darius Anderson just looked amazing. Uh, Travoris Johnson was a total hoss. Um, I think, I hope it just wasn't that Baylor effect where we thought we were really good, 
Uh, turns out just Baylor sucks. And uh, let's see. Those are kind of my biggest um, things I was happy with. I think the running game, we really need to play the running game more. I, I like it more. And and then it sets up for good passing because Foster Sawyer is one for one with a real nice pass there to uh, everyone's favorite Daniel Walsh. Um, <laughs> Fan favorite, Daniel Walsh. <laughs> I forgot he's on the he, team till he made that catch. Uh, he, he's a Wes Welker type receiver. Right. And... I don't know. It was it was good, and I'm definitely like Trey. I do not want to take beating Texas for granted, but it feels like it's kind of getting to that point that they're so bad. But I feel like uh, what we'll talk about here in a bit might change that. Um, I do. We Trey was right about the 129 to 26, like total scoring in the last three years. I'd also like to add that Charlie Strong, as the coach of Texas, never had a lead over TCU in those three years. Nice. And just Those are to, good numbers. Just to add on to that, I saw a tweet yesterday, and I wish I could give him credit, but it said Charlie Strong had beat every team in the Big 12 at least once while he was at Texas except for TCU. So they just they pretty much own that cat since he yeah. took that job. That, that's a little more of a pylon than an add-on. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know we've got our own problems that we're I think we're we're two and eight against the Oklahoma schools since we joined the Big 12. But we're offset by that, that we are we're four and one against Texas, other than the, the monsoon game where we got delayed for, you know, all of the, you know, an hour and a half, two hours in that rain in 2013. We beat them in 12, we beat them in 14, we beat them in 15, beat them in 16. That's a pretty darn good take uh, of, of the uh, takedown of the, of the Texas regime. I feel pretty darn good about what we've done. Yeah, I agree with you, though, Daniel. I didn't know what to expect in this game. I figured they were going to go one of two directions. Either Texas was going to come out and play the game every everybody thought they were capable of in in a defense of their coach or you know last respects to their coach or they were going to come out and lay down and we were just going to take the game over right away they came out to play and i think we just did to them what we were capable of doing and i know they kind of you know that darius anderson run had to just be a knife in the back but I think this is just another Texas performance where Charlie Strong goes to the press conference and says, we didn't execute better and we got to work harder and we'll improve next week. This game could have taken place at any time over the last three years. And um, I know they were all sad when he left the field and I felt bad for Strong watching him walk off the field. But this, we were the better team and we've been the better team since, we, since he got to Austin. So soak it up, Frog fans, because it felt pretty darn good. One or two other quick takeaways I wrote, I scribbled down here um, that I wanted to lift up. That 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 drive where uh, Sawyer came in after Hill got hurt, and we just went with our backup cor- uh, running backs where we had um, uh, Darius Anderson and we had uh, Tavares Johnson in there. That was a heck of a drive, man. That, somebody used the analogy that soccer uses in the in their last period. They use what they call fresh legs, guys that hadn't played yet that just come in with the sole purposes running as much as they can. And that's what I saw on that drive because all we did was march down the field and just shove it down their throats until Sawyer threw that pass to Walsh. That was a, that was refreshing. That was nice to see in terms of what we're able to do this year and and some you know, you know f- f- uh, pointing to what we're going to be able to do in the future. Anything else you guys saw on the? I don't want to ever take for granted a thirty-one and nine victory against the Horns. Anything else you guys saw in that game you want to celebrate? No, just the fact, like you said, that they won, man. That's And not only was it a win, it now makes them bowl eligible. So that was one, obviously, they needed to get. 
they, they do have another game, but um, had to get that one. And so it was good. And, you know, I thought our secondary played better. Like, I feel like they've slowly improved throughout the year. I think part of it is people getting healthy. Uh, but I thought the secondary, you know, is playing better. And, um, yeah, uh, Deontay Gray, I thought um, – he had some pretty good kick returns also that um, I had jotted down. So he had, a, I think he, he had over 117 yards in kick return uh, yards. So big night for him too. I think yeah, considering we go ahead, Daniel. Go well, ahead. I was just going to talk, you know, kind of throw in that it, it doesn't feel like a, a disaster of a season beating Baylor and Texas and getting into a bowl because a few weeks ago, it felt like just a, I was just ready to move on and get over, get it over with. Here comes basketball. Let's pay attention to that. But no, this is turning out to be a decent year. Over, you know, considering it's it's not too bad. Yeah, I agree. Because after that tech game, man, I was ready to be done. I, I mean, I, you know, of course, I was going to watch, but now it's like, oh gosh, this is going to be a beating the rest of the season. It was going to feel like 2013. But here we are. We came back. We beat Baylor. You know, I, I actually spent some time thinking about that Oklahoma State game in the last week, and I know that um, I know that we, things didn't look good, and I know that we gave up 31 points, but 31 points in the Big 12 is like giving up 17 in the Big 10. So it was it was an offensive issue in that game, not that we couldn't stop Mason Rudolph. And I know that uh, Justice Hill had a good running game, but that game was the anomaly, and that was my fear going, or that was, it generated a lot of fear in the moment coming into this Texas game, but we were able to put that behind us, which I think is, is a good sign of the team, as well as, of course, Patterson's ability to get them to where they need to be. So as high as the, as the highs have been and the low as the low has been, I got to concur with you, Daniel. We go to a bowl game, we beat, we beat Texas, we beat Baylor. Hey, we're going to figure it out, because I would have rather needed to be, become bowl eligible beating Texas then become bowl eligible having to beat Bill Snyder. So I think, I think we're in for a big game this week that maybe we'll get to here in a little bit, but yeah, it's always a good day to beat Texas. Speaking of Texas, we put Charlie strong out of his misery. So I think we all agree. He's a good man. He's the kind of guy that you want uh, your, your, your son around. He's the kind of guy that's going to be the a strong leader and not put up with a lot of bull crap. But this is college football, and he didn't get the wins that he needed. They made a change. They fired him that morning, even though the search had been going on for who knows how long. And they hired Tom Herman, big press conference that they had this Sunday afternoon. Trey, we've all seen this coming for probably about a year. What's your take on the Texas situation, the hiring of of Tom Herman? And what do you think the impact this could be on the rest of the Big 12, which we're going to take some time to talk about here? Well, let me say this. I think... I guess I'll start with I'm just going to take the wait and see approach on Tom Herman because I do think he is a good coach. I do. There's no hate there uh, for him. But, you know, if you look at, say, Charlie Strong's resume before he took the Texas job, to me, it was more impressive than what Tom Herman has done thus far in his career. And so I, like I said, I do think he's a good coach, but I'm just going to have to wait and see how he handles this Texas job. It's a big job. You know, you've always got the donors, you know, if you're not 
winning. You're always going to have them chirping behind the scenes. Um, and, you know, we'll just have to see if he's able to have the success he, you know, had at Houston. But it's a, a much bigger job. And, you know, I'm not ready to say that he's that Texas is about to run the conference for the next you know, five, 10 years. I'm not prepared to say that because who knows what could happen. It could, you know, I don't think it's going to be worse than Charlie strong, but you know, their Texas fans are expecting a national championship with this hire. And I, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to get him there or not. And so, um, you know, we've seen a lot of good teams in the big 12 since we joined, you know, Oklahoma has been good. Um, TCU, it's been good. Baylor had their stretch, you know, Oklahoma state. So, it's, you know, it's not just a pushover conference. Um, and, you know, he just, you know, this season, look at his losses to SMU and Memphis. And I think last year they lost maybe to UConn. Um, so I don't, like I said, I'm not ready to crown him, but I do think it's a good hire for him. And I will Let's, say this one more, ahead. sorry, just to add on to it. I do think it's good for the conference though. I think when your conference can add quality coaches, um, that, you know, it's going to elevate the conference. And I think, you know, obviously if Texas can be better, it's better for the conference. We'll see kind of, I guess how it affects TCU. Um, but I do think that it's good for the conference. No, I think it's good for the conference too, but I I was going to add there about, you know, they lost to SMU and, we can all agree. You just don't go waltzing into Ford Field in, in in Dallas and expect to get an easy W. No, you can't do that. You just you just can't do that. I mean, like James Madison thought they could do that, and they went in there and they beat SMU last year. But you know, you just don't go in there to Dallas and expect to get an easy win because what most teams have done that for the last fifteen years. <laughs> no, there's a lot to there's a lot to say about Herman Daniel. What we've all seen this coming. It, it was it was the it was the worst money bet that you could make in the last year that Herman was going to get hired by Texas. What's the impact you think this has not only on Texas but the Big Twelve? Um, I think it helps um, because the the whole he's kind of hyped up and kind of had that H town takeover and his grill and all that mess. Um, he's so he's kind of like he's the cool guy, the hot name, you know, coach, and I think he's going to probably if it's even possible to elevate Texas recruiting, um, which may impact the rest of us. Uh, but of course with Baylor being pretty much obliterated, uh, that kind of opens it up a little bit to, um, for it to be, uh, the crops to be shared or whatever the hell I'm trying to say. And, um, so it's not as diluted with, because if you had Texas really good and Baylor really good, then there's just less recruits to go around. So, but as far as actually coaching them to a higher level, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, somehow he did a pretty good job there at Houston, but he also lost to SMU and Memphis uh, and Navy, but they're actually pretty good. So I, it's, it's hard to say. Some people think he's going to come in and just set the world on fire, but I'm a little skeptical of it. Um, it's just a really tough place to be a coach because you just have to be the right fit because there's so much crap that comes along with it so um it will it remains to be seen i guess yeah my, my critique of it is i mean i mean the upside is 
you know, he beat Oklahoma. We didn't beat Oklahoma this year. He wouldn't beat Oklahoma pretty, you know, pretty resoundingly. They beat Louisville, which is a good team. And so they got that going for them. But they, you know, as has been highlighted, they lost to an SMU team that's not going to a bowl. They did lose to Memphis, who's who's not a bad team, but not, you know, nobody's thinking, oh, my gosh, Memphis in the Cotton Bowl. And then they lost the Navy, who I think is actually the best um, gang of five team, non-power five team in the country. I think they're better than Western Michigan, even though they're going to go to the, the special bowl for the gang of five. The, the, I guess this is my critique. When we were in the Mountain West, we lost a bowl game. In, we lost a conference game in 08, that, that kick in the sack to, against Utah. And then we went undefeated in the conference three straight years. And this is a conference with Utah and BYU. And then it was a conference with Boise, which those teams are better than anybody that I think is in the American right now, aside from maybe Navy. I think Navy is, is, is comparable, maybe. But Boise was better than all of them, those teams with Kellen Moore. And so if you can't take good players in Texas and develop and dominate in, inside of, of the top-notch non-Power 5 conference, which the Mountain West was at that time, that just it raises an eyebrow. I think he's going to live into the position, like you said. He can put up with the garbage. He knows how to deal with the boosters. He's going to have all that energy. But, you know, that how do you lose to SMU? How, how, do, how do you lose to Memphis when everybody and their cousin is watching you? He can't, he's lucky that that didn't cost him his job. So, I mean, this job at Texas. So we'll, we'll be interested to see how that, how that works out. I do agree with you guys that I think it does help the Big 12. So, you know, whether you like it or not, when Texas is really good, people are excited about it. So I think it'll, you know, when we beat Texas next year with Tom Herman, I think it's going to go a long way. So we'll see how all of that goes. But I think it will end up helping the conference. One of the other cane changes that, that could be coming up potentially is Baylor's going to have to make a hire. I don't know if you guys know this, but they have been without a permanent head coach since May when Art Bryles was fired in disgrace. So I don't know if you two are aware of that, but it's there's a coach. It's not Jim Grobe. He is oh, not man. the permanent head coach. I know. And it's not Kendall Bryles so, or Jeff Levy. So it's not those guys. You know, Trey, there's a lot of rumors that Chad Morris might be getting the job. I guess, I guess five wins will get you a job in the Big 12 now. But what's your take on the Baylor hire, who they should hire, and, and what it is they're stepping into? Do they, do they even really have a handle of what a potential coach could be stepping into in terms of a total rebuild? Yeah, I mean, everything kind of points towards Chad Morris. But, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know because you know, I'm not – obviously too big into the SMU scene. Um, and I don't really check in on Baylor unless it's to laugh and make fun of them. And so I guess all signs point that way, but you know, we kind of mentioned it last week. I don't know as a coach why you would take that job, especially him. Um, he could probably get a better gig if he continues to get SMU kind of going in the right direction, if that's even possible. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, you know, we were talking before the show, what's kind of surprising to me is you kind of thought, expected, you know, the LSU and Texas jobs would be the first two to fall, and then we would see the dominoes kind of fall from there. And so, to me, I guess it's just weird that, I don't know, that Baylor hasn't really done anything. I, I don't know, I just kind of thought they would want to get on you know, with it, you know, but I don't know. Is that, is it strange to y'all that you kind of haven't really, they haven't done anything? Well, I mean, they have one more game left. I don't know if that makes a difference 
Um, as far as like though Chad Morris, maybe he just doesn't want to do it, and that's why it hasn't happened yet. Um, I, there's there's several reasons, but I would think they would probably wait till the end, you know, till after their last game. So, but then again, it's it's Baylor; they don't handle anything right. So, um, I, I'm really kind of lost. I just hope they get the biggest no name neutered wimp of a coach and they just go nowhere for a few more years you know in, def- in, in mild defense of them we're, we're recording this Sunday night you know maybe they just didn't want to get in the way of trying to uh, battle Texas for headlines because that was going to be the only headline today it was you know the Tom Herman press conference and Texas has a new coach so maybe on Monday or Tuesday they're going to roll this out that they, they've hired Chad Morris and if they don't hire Chad Morris you know I've heard Larry Fedora I don't know who else, you know, I'd love less miles to go there just for the, just for the press conferences, but I don't know if he's actually the person needed to, to rebuild that program. So don't count out Mike Singletary. I think he could slide his way in there. Oh, they would over, over correct to the, to the discipline. He would. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, that would be great if they hired him. Cause I don't think he's a very good coach, but I don't think he is either, <laughs> but, <laughs> but those guys would wear a tie to breakfast. <laughs> He would be kind of like their version of Charlie Strong, like you said, brought in to be disciplined, get the culture turned around and all that, which he will do. Um, I just don't think he can win football games. I would be fine with Mike Singletary. I would be fine with Mike Singletary. I don't know if that's what they'll do. A couple other coaching changes. We'll just kind of pop through here quick. Uh, Ed Orgeron became the head coach at LSU. That, uh, that's kind of sad when you, you know, they wanted Jimbo Fisher. They wanted Tom Herman. They fire less miles. And they're like, Oh, let's fire hit less miles and promote our defensive coordinator. Who's never been a, a full-time head coach with a winning record. That sounds great. Our defensive line coach, he wasn't even the defensive coordinator. So they hired Ed Orgeron. Looks like Oregon is going to have an opening for frog fans. They already reached out to Gary Patterson and he said, thanks, but no thanks. So that's, that's good news. Um, Nothing else of note. I mean, I guess Houston's open. I'll be curious to see who goes there, but not a whole lot in terms of the coaching carousel that's moving right now. Well, we we could see some second level changes that could affect our staff. I wouldn't be surprised if Doug Meacham gets offered a full-time head coaching job somewhere, but we'll know more about that in the near future, I suppose. Well, one of the things that we need to just kind of start to kick kick around and get ready for is the Frogs are going bowling. So we at least have six wins, could have seven wins. I want to beat Kansas State this week. So, you know, we got several options here. Trey, we've heard, you know, that the Frogs could be going to the Texas Bowl down in Houston and maybe playing the Aggies, maybe playing South Carolina, I've heard. One of the other options is possibly the Liberty Bowl where we could play uh, Kentucky. We could play Vanderbilt. Those are teams that we might end up um, going to war against. What, what's your best case scenario of, of where we could land and who we could play and who, who do you not want to play? Um, so I think most frog fans would prefer the Texas bowl just cause it would be easier to get to. Um, and if they did match up with the Aggies, it would be, um, I think something both fan bases would be into. I just, from a TCU fan perspective, don't know if I want to, play A&M this year I think the Frogs could beat them if they played well it's just the inconsistencies you know an up and down season I don't know how TCU would come out and play in that particular game and 
you know, A&M has a really good defensive line. And I think that could cause our offensive line some problems. So, you know, I'd like to go to Texas bowl. Um, and I, I want, don't get me wrong. I want TCU to play A&M. I just wish this would have happened in a different year or next year or something like that. Um, but, and I guess if they go to the Liberty bowl, I don't know. I've also seen is Georgia's a possibility, right? For the Liberty bowl or am I, am I wrong on that? It, it's all of those teams that have six or seven wins in the SEC. There's no team with over eight in, wins in the SEC other than Alabama. So yeah, it could be Georgia, it could be South Carolina, it could be Vanderbilt. I, you know, they're just you, you just fill in a Southern team with a bunch of idiot drunk fans, and that, that's, <laughs> it's not Alabama or Auburn. Then, then yeah, then it, I wouldn't. A- I wouldn't mind Georgia or South Carolina. I don't think you know Vanderbilt or Kentucky or something doesn't really do much for me personally. Um, so, you know, I do think, you know, A&M in the Texas bowl would be great. It's probably the best case scenario. I just don't want to end the season with a loss to the Aggies, honestly. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember going to Houston to play in the gallery furniture.com bowl against A&M with Casey printers at quarterback. And the game kicked off at 10 a.m. And we were drinking really bad Coors Light in the parking lot at 8.30 in the morning. And that's when you know your life has no direction. So I hope that um, we don't end up in a scenario like that again. That will be a night game. I'd love to play the Aggies one more time. But I agree with you. I wish we could have played them last year. Oh, it was brutal, man. There was I was in seminary, and a friend of mine and I drove down. And we left, we left the parking lot of Bright Divinity School at like 4.30 in the morning and drove down to – to the, it was in the album. It was in the Astrodome. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. And we got we got beat like twenty one to six or something like that. It was bad. Casey Printers transferred the next day for you old people that remember it like me. So, all right, enough of that. Mem- uh, stroll down Amnesia Lane, Daniel. Who do you want to play in the bowl game? I don't know. I think I think Georgia would be probably a pretty good one. Um, I'm I'm totally with Trey. I would love to play the Aggies. I'd love to smear them. And you just shut them up for a decade, but this may not be the time to do that because we risk losing to them, which is absolutely the worst possible thing you could ever do is lose to the Aggies. So I think Georgia's kind of fun. They kind of at least have a history of being good at some point. The other ones in the SEC like uh, Kentucky and Vanderbilt, you know, whoopee, that's just nothing. So, something around like that. I mean, I'm not going to be too picky because we kind of squeaked into getting into a bowl at all. So, uh, I would prefer to be in Texas because that's something I could probably make. I don't think I could go to Memphis uh, too easily this time around. So, um, yeah, those are my preferences. You know, if we uh, do play in Memphis, that's only five and a half hours from where I live, so I might be able to make my way down there. But it also means that we probably lose to K-State. So we're at this point where we it's, – it's pretty narrow. If we beat Kansas State, we're likely going to Houston. If we lose to Kansas State, we're likely going to Memphis. So that's just kind of the trajectory of where our season is at. So we'll be playing Kansas State this Saturday in the final home game of the year. If you're listening to this and you're able to get to the game, I want to encourage you to get out there. It's a battle of a couple six-win teams with some really good coaches that have long roots in the state of Kansas. 
I uh, I do not know a whole lot about Kansas State. I've watched them a lot this year, but I don't I don't want to pretend like I'm in a position to break them down for us right now. So hopefully the Frogs can get a win against Kansas State. Bill Schneider clearly one of the one of the good guys of college football, but there's no reason he cannot be. He's a good guy, but that doesn't mean we can't beat him. So beat him the last couple of years, no reason we can't do that again. So. Fellas, anything else that you saw? Any other games you watched this weekend? You guys watched Michigan State, Ohio State, or Michigan, Ohio State. Um, take away from that game. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you watched it. It was, uh, thought it lived up to the hype. I don't know. What, did you, what was your thoughts? Did, uh, did they get stuffed on that fourth down or did he make it? You know, I don't know. Watching it live with the yellow line, I thought he missed it. And then watching the 87 replays, the problem is where they set it. There was no replay to confirm that it needed to be moved back. But if they would have set it half a yard or three-fourths of a yard shorter, I think they would have had to keep kept it there. That's just kind of the the nature of replay. But I, I don't watching it live, I didn't think he got it. I was watching, I was actually kind of excited because I, I hate Ohio State. And um, I thought, dang man, he, he, they got stuff because I would have won the game for him. And I thought he missed it, but I thought he was short, but they said he they said he they said he got it. So Yeah, I thought he was short too. And I don't know. It seems like football could really come into the modern ages with, you know, like goal line and first down like technology. I mean, I, you know, you see things that tennis does and, you know, soccer has experimented with goal line technology. And I just it just seems like you could put something in the football and then some kind of something on the yard uh, markers and you could know for sure whether or not the ball crossed the goal line or made it to a first down or something like that. I agree. There's no reason we can't have some of that technology. Yeah. Daniel, did you watch the Michigan Ohio state game? Did you get anything um, watching that? I did. I, I felt gross because I wanted Michigan to win because I want Ohio state to go away. Um, but it didn't happen. Uh, I felt like he seemed to be short and I, you know, the way the playoff is now, I don't trust any of the conferences. I feel like, especially the Big Ten, they're going to do whatever they got to do to get in. And I don't know. I, I kind of wear a foil hat at times, so I was definitely wearing a foil hat at that uh, call. So, because with with that happening, it's like Michigan is gone, but or are still in it or whatever it is, somehow the Big Ten's going to get two teams in the playoff, like the winner of the Big Ten championship plus Ohio State, even though they're not going to play in the championship. So, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to go off on a rant there, but no. <laughs> it's, it's I always, give a hearty amen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of fishy to me, So especially since the first one when Wisconsin just laid over for Ohio State. That was kind of weird. But um, but it was a fun game. I enjoyed it uh, for, for one of the rare times a Big Ten game was actually kind of exciting. Yeah. You know, that was a bad call. I thought they placed the ball at the wrong spot, but Harbaugh got out coached in that fourth quarter. They had the lead. They they could have they could have expanded that lead. They could have drained more clock. I didn't I didn't think I think Harbaugh got out coached and Urban Meyer Urban Meyer's been there before. He's not afraid of that. You know, it's it's easy to think that Harbaugh's the greatest things in, in the world, but guy has never won a conference championship and I know in, in college and I know there's other measurements than that, but he's never won a conference championship and he still won't win, win one this year. So my hope is, I know we're not going to go through our final four tonight, but my hope is Washington wins, Bama wins, Clemson wins, Penn state wins, and that Ohio state is left out with one loss 
and they just kind of have to suck it because then they'll know what it's like. That's that's my hope for them. I hope they're on the outside looking in, and then when all those other teams win and they get that 13th data point, which Ohio State doesn't have, and they're able to be crowned a conference champion, I hope that they're able to uh, be on the outside looking in and have to deal with the fact that they are not in the college football playoff. That's my hope. I don't know if anybody else agrees with that, but that's what I want. No, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I agree. I want them to feel that pain. Yeah, let them deal with it. Because they had one loss last year and they didn't get in. And I have friends that are Ohio State fans that are like, man, we had one loss, but I still think we could have beat everybody. And I'm like, you know, go get in your corner. I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> we know exactly how that feels. So <laughs> we don't want to hear that. Oh. Well, anything else you guys want to hash over before we let go, uh, let everybody go tonight so that we can um, move on and get ready for the Kansas State game? Anything else, Trey? Anything else, Daniel? No. Uh Kind of, I don't know, ready to move on kind of from this season a little bit. I hate when football season comes to an end, but I'm really kind of curious to see what happens with any coaches on our staff and, you know, spring and fall. And I don't know, it's just been a a season that's been a a letdown. (laughs) I think we're going to have to start talking about basketball. I was going to they, say. They're off to a good start, man. I know. I know. You know, I just put my cards here on the table. I was born in Kentucky, and I'm a Kentucky basketball fan. And, I, you know, I think Cal Perry's the boss, man. I love him. He's the mob boss. But I'm going to have to start following TCU basketball. I haven't followed TCU basketball since Billy Tubbs was there. They haven't had anything worth following. My gosh, Del Conti, we are so thankful you pulled the, you know, pulled the trigger and got Jamie Dixon here. The, you know, he's going to, this is going to be a rebuilding year. He barely has any of his guys in They're They're in good shape, man. I feel really good about this team. Just watching them the last couple of games out in Vegas, man. See what happens. They had like a 24 point lead over Washington for a little while. Yeah. It's like, where's all this been? You know, it's crazy. It's amazing what good coaching can do. It really is. And he's, you know, Jamie Dixon is, we, we landed a home run. This is like Mark Rick getting fired. He's a great coach. They got tired of him and cause he wasn't getting quite far enough for him. And he, we're going to love him. If he gets us to the sweet 16 and oh my gosh, man, we'll think we'll put a statue for him. So I, I I'm looking forward to TC basketball this year. It's going to be fun to be competitive in the big 12. So, cause man, those, those two years that we were playing at that high school arena and we were, Brutal. We were just getting, oh, getting blown out. It was brutal. It was brutal to watch. It was brutal to, I mean, I didn't even, oh, it was awful. It was awful. So, yeah, we'll have some basketball to see us through the winter, and then I'm pretty stoked about baseball. So we'll have plenty to talk about here over the next several months. But I'm with Trey. This season's kind of been a punt. Let's make the most of it. Let's be Kansas State. Let's get a bowl game. Let's win our bowl game and, and wrap up what looks to be a pretty salty recruiting class and get ready for to, re, to reload for 2017. Welcome, Sean Robinson. Welcome, Sean Robinson. If you are not following DeSoto in the Texas high school football playoff, you have got to do that. That is that is some big boy football. Sean Robinson and DeSoto beat Abilene, I think it was this week, in one of the craziest games that you'll ever see in Texas high school football, which is saying a lot. So let's get that Sean Robinson era going. 
Well, fellas, as always, it's uh, great to talk with you. Great to talk about the Frogs after a big win over the University of Texas. We look forward to coming back with you next week. We're going to have a couple of things next week. We'll have the playoff that's been picked. We'll know where the Frogs are going in their bowl. We'll have a, a maybe a better sense on who we're playing in terms of uh, you know being, whether you're able to get there, what, what, what we're going to do. So that and a whole lot more that we'll be able to talk about next week. Hopefully, if you're able to hear this and get to the stadium, go out and support the Frogs this Saturday at 11 o'clock against K-State. We need this W. It would be nice to finish 7-5 and five and salvage this season, which has been very difficult and very stressful. Let's end on a high note, a couple of wins against some good teams. So as always, for Daniel Southern and for Trey Fallon, I'm Jeff Mitchell. Thanks for listening to the Frogcast.